0: Hi, welcome to On Jordan, a podcast on the latest developments in Jordanian politics, featuring interviews with experts from across the Hashemite Kingdom. My name is Aaron Maggot, a former Mon-based journalist, now in Washington. Jordan and Iran have faced their fair share of ups and downs in the past 40 years. King Hussein supported Baghdad in his 1980 to 1988 war against Iran, and Jordan's ties with Tehran were severed for nearly a decade. During his short period as crown prince in 1999, Abdullah said Iran causes problems in the region, leading the Islamic Republic's foreign ministry to summon Jordan's ambassador in protest of Abdullah's remarks. A few years later, King Abdullah became the first Jordanian leader to visit Iran in over 25 years. The Jordanian ruler said Tehran was a bit run down, noting that little had changed since he last toured Iran a quarter century earlier under the Shah's reign. The 2003 trip included a meeting with Iran's supreme leader. The Hashemite monarch said the Iranians were looking for him to serve as an intermediary with the Bush administration, only months after the toppling of Saddam Hussein. Yet the positive momentum took a hit when Jordan's embassy in Baghdad was bombed, killing nine people in 2004. King Abdullah said that a well-known Shia political group, with the backing from Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, was responsible for the blast. In his 2011 memoir, the Jordanian ruler wrote that his aspirations at the 2003 visit to Tehran would boost bilateral ties Went up in smoke. King Abdullah has not visited Iran again in nearly 20 years. To better understand the two countries' current ties, it's great to welcome Katrina Samour to the podcast. Katrina is Naman-based an political analyst whose articles on the Hashemite Kingdom have appeared in the Washington Post, Carnegie, and Jordan News. Her recent piece on Jordanian-Iranian tensions appeared in the Emirates Policy Center. Thank you for joining us, Katrina.
1: Thank you for having me, Aaron.
0: King Abdullah said last month that Jordan faces regular attacks by militias linked to Iran. And in 2021, the Hashemite monarch told CNN that the kingdom has been attacked by drones with an Iranian signature. What does King Abdullah mean in these statements?
1: The border with Syria uh, has changed quite dramatically in the past few years. After the Assad regime consolidated power in the south, we saw a Russian presence that was leading the initiative of de-escalation between different rebel groups and the Assad regime. And uh, Russian military police were basically the guarantor for stability or security in the the southern uh, areas of Syria. After the Ukrainian war and after Russia has failed to reach a proper agreement between different rebel groups and the Assad regime, uh, we saw a massive shift in, uh, in, 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 Russia's presence in the south, and gradually we started seeing Iranian militias and Iranian-backed militias, such as like Hezbollah, more and more control over the south. After that happened, the drug uh, trafficking on the Jordanian border has changed dramatically. What was before a normal shadowy trade that many countries face—it's not specific to Jordan—we saw an increase in uh, in the attempts we saw a change in the way the drugs are being trafficked and uh, the number of people involved the weapons involved and the techniques involved which indicated that it's not a simple operation it is let's say a military backed operation uh, that was highly sophisticated his Majesty's comments on uh, the Iranian drone attacks uh, was well documented uh, with in a BBC Arabic interview, actually, with Iranian militias in Iraq, which have stated that, yes, they have been targeting uh, Jordan because Jordan hosts American uh, bases and they see Jordan as a legitimate uh, target because of that, and that their efforts and their attacks will continue.
0: So are these just drug smuggling incidents, or do they also include weapon smuggling?
1: We had weapon smuggling. Unfortunately, we don't know the numbers uh, on the weapons that are being smuggled. But we did have instances where the, where the government has uh, declared that they have stopped shipments of weapons being smuggled into the kingdom.
0: And to clarify, are these attacks designed to kill Jordanians?
1: Yeah, so the Iranian attacks are, are primarily led by Iraqi-backed militias. The one that were mentioned in the CNN interview are, uh, are the militias uh, on the Iraqi side. And yes, the attacks were targeting Jordan itself, not just the American bases.
0: What's Iran's motivation to target Jordan? After all, the Hashemite Kingdom doesn't launch attacks inside Iran.
1: Again, I don't think uh, we can't say Iran per se, because uh, Iran plays its geopolitical game very carefully. So Iran would never launch, like Iran as a state would not launch the attack, but it will help and encourage its militia to carry out the attacks. So, for example, for the Iraqi militias, uh, because they are being targeted uh, by uh, by U.S. troops, and especially after the, the Trump's administration, the assassination of Soleimani, So the U.S. troops have become more of a high target, not only on the Jordanian border, but in northeast Syria, which happened a few days ago. So Jordan is by proxy as an ally of the U.S. and by supporting U.S. presence in in these areas is being targeted by these militias.
0: So we've talked a bit about tensions between Oman and Tehran. When were Jordanian-Iranian relations at their best under King Abdullah's rule?
1: I think prior to the Arab Spring. I think before. I think after the Arab Spring and what happened in Syria specifically, Iran's role in the in the Syrian uh, civil war uh, has uh, dramatically changed Jordan-Iran relations, and not only Jordan-Iran relations, but uh, Iran's relations with the entire Arab region because it, it it was seen as a polarizing power because it stood with basically Iran and Iran backed militias were face to face with different uh, groups that were backed by Qatar and uh, Saudi Arabia and Emirates at the beginning of the Syrian war.
0: And what specifically made Jordan's ties with Iran better before the Arab spring?
1: It's just because we didn't have any real um, clashes with Iran, let's say, either, like by proxy, because we don't have uh, clashes with Iran now. But by, 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 by proxy, we did not really have real uh, clashes with Iran at that time. And Iran was not uh, in the at that time was not expanding the way it is now.
0: What's Jordan's view on the Iran nuclear talks and the possibility of Tehran signing a new nuclear agreement?
1: Jordan has, uh, was very clear that uh, the only thing that we're looking for is to make sure that our own security and stability is not affected whether by an Iran deal or no deal. So uh, the king and the foreign ministry have never issued any statements pro or against, and they have always encouraged peace talks uh, with, uh, with Iran or negotiations with Iran and never went to the extreme like other countries have. Um, and I think Jordan just sees the way the, the only way for this region to move forward is if we can to a common ground for all parties involved to move forward peacefully.
0: Jordan's not a strong vocal supporter of the Iran nuclear agreement.
1: Um, again, that we don't have any any real strong statements on that. Again, Jordan has always only emphasized its own security and stability, whether with a deal or without a deal.
0: So why is the Jordanian government hesitant to offer a more public statement of support on the issue?
1: Jordan is not as, uh, politically speaking, it's Israel and Iran uh, have their own regional competition when it comes to nuclear weapons and their traditional uh, history. Saudi Arabia and UAE have uh, have had direct clashes with Iranian-backed militias in Yemen and domestically on the oil refineries in UAE and Saudi Arabia. Uh, and Jordan hasn't really had that um, hasn't really had that uh, experience with Iran that's number 1 and number 2 Jordan has always uh, uh, been the leader for peace talks in the region whether it was uh, with Qatar uh, with Saudi Arabia with Israel with Lebanon uh, Jordan has always chose the path of uh, negotiations
0: what was the meaning behind king abdullah's 2004 remark of a Shia crescent across the middle east
1: uh, the Shi'a crescent, I think, uh, because what happened after uh, the American invasion of Iraq and the de of the Iraqi military and government, uh, the king foresaw what we see now and its uh, Iranian expansion into Arab states, uh, such, as, uh, such as Iraq and Syria and Lebanon. And we've seen that this is, has, has translated into, uh, into a reality right now.
0: Last year, Jordan sought improved ties with Damascus. Syria's army chief visited Oman, King Abdullah spoke with Assad for the first time in years, and the Syrian Jordanian border post was reopened. Did Iran approve of this attempted rapprochement?
1: It will be uh, quite uh, a statement to say that the Assad regime doesn't uh, operate freely or has to take uh, approvals from Iran. But I think for Iran itself, uh, it it, it had to admit that at some point Syria needs to have better relations with its neighbors, especially a country like Jordan, where we have a big border. And trade is, uh, is needed and cooperation from the Jordanian side is also needed to the, for the Assad regime. Although I don't uh, see, I mean, I think everything is stopped now. I don't, I don't see um, a way to move forward without Syria, Syria showing or the Assad regime showing uh, a real will to combat and fight uh, what's happening in the South right now.
0: Has King Abdullah's stance on Iran been similar to King Hussein or do you see significant differences?
1: I think King Abdullah carries uh, King Hussein's foreign policy. Where again, Jordan is not in the business of uh, starting wars or uh, clashes with any neighboring country. What we've always use, chose a path of uh, stability and peaceful coexistence. What changed now is not the question. Shouldn't be if the king is di- if King Abdullah's foreign policy is different than King Hussein's foreign policy. The question should be: Is Iran's foreign policy different? And yes, it is.
0: In 2004, Jordan's embassy in Baghdad was bombed. King Abdullah later said a Shia organization with ties to the IRGC was responsible for the attack. So why would Iran be connected with such a major escalation?
1: Iran sees the U.S. as a wall against its own expansion and own ambition in the Middle East, and any country with close ties to the U.S. will be a legitimate target, and Jordan is the US's closest Arab ally in the region.
0: And finally, what would you say is the future direction of Jordanian-Iranian relations?
1: Oh, I think that depends on what happens in the South. That's something that we need to watch out for. Uh, Recently, uh, the military has uh, issued a statement saying that they are seeing improvement and more response from the Syrian side in combating the drug trafficking and closing down factories that were very close to the Jordanian border. And most, more, most importantly, again, Jordan, it's not in the business of starting wars. And we usually find ourselves in the middle of regional uh, disputes and clashes. I believe everything is going to be determined by the nuclear deal. Thank
0: you very much, Katrina. I really appreciate your time.
1: No problem, Aaron. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: That was Amman-based analyst Katrina Samor. Here's what else you should know during the past two weeks. On August 17th, the royal court announced the engagement of Crown Prince Hussein to Rajwa al-Saif. The official proposal occurred in the Saudi capital of Riyadh at the home of Rajwa's father. Rajwa, possibly Jordan's next queen, was born in 1994 and is a Saudi citizen. She graduated from Syracuse University in New York with a degree in architecture. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman called Jordanian Crown Prince Hussein after the engagement and some analysts say it could lead to improved Saudi-Jordanian ties after the 2021 sedition affair involving a former advisor to the Saudi leadership. In other news, the Committee to Protect Journalists urged on August 18th Jordanian authorities to release detained columnist Adnan al-Rusan after comments critical of the government on Facebook. Adnan said King Abdullah was responsible for the country's difficult conditions, noting that Jordanians are silent and stifled by anger, waiting for the king to reform himself and abandoned festivals, films, trips, and conferences and focus on the country. Finally, on August 25th, the Amman-based Al newspaper reported that 94% of Jordanian women do not participate in any political activities, with only 4% of women members of political parties. In the similar vein, fewer than 15% of Jordanian women participate in the kingdom's workforce, which the Middle East Institute noted was the lowest number of female economic participation for any country not at war. Before I go, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts to be notified of new episodes. And feel free to listen to previous week's episodes on the Hashemite Kingdom's protest movement with Professor Schwedler, and Jordan's economic challenges with former Royal Court Chief Joad Nani. Finally, if you're listening to the podcast, especially if you live in Jordan and think you'd be a great guest, please reach out to me on Twitter at Aaron Magid or via email aaron.magid1 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.